Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another edition of The Split Decision. I'm your host, Rob Aguilar, and today we have a really great interview set up for you. We have Mr. George Foreman, boxing legend. And I asked him about how he got his start in boxing. And this is what he had to say. Boxing, I met by coincidence in the job called while going out for football. So it was that program that first introduced you to boxing. It was a job called program and, uh, in the 60s. The government had declared war on poverty for high school dropouts and people looking for another chance, a vocational skill and a basic education, a chance to go to college. I heard the recruiters at, a, at an employment office while looking for a job. And I instantly signed up, and I was there for two years. And in that two years, the last of the two years, uh, I took up boxing as an application, a way to fight uh, homesickness. Then you went on to represent the United States in the Olympics. A strange thing that happened. I went out for boxing. I thought I would be top set because I was big and a tough street fighter. But I found out instantly... Uh, in an exhibition that, hey, it doesn't work like that. I couldn't lay my hand on a guy who kept jabbing me. Everybody laughed me out of the gym. I said I would never do it. But the, the coach, Dyke Berta, stayed on me in February of 67, can you believe? Wow. I had my first uh, organized amateur boxing match. I won, and in October of 68, I was a gold medalist. So it wasn't even less than two years and 25 total boxing matches, I was a gold medalist. Do you remember that match where you won and you were presented with the gold medal? Do you still remember that day? Oh, the highlight of my whole boxing career. Well, as an athlete, was the night I won the gold medal. And I remember thinking there were so many people watching me. There were so many teams being represented in the Olympic Village. I took out a small American flag because we all carry those. No matter what country you were from, you were patriotic about it. And I raised the flag so that everyone would would know where I was from. <clears throat> That's the highlight of my whole life as an athlete, that is. That is one of your fondest moments? Uh, when I look back on winning that gold medal, there hasn't been anything to come truly second to it as an athlete. I was heavyweight champion of the world twice. Uh, that was a thrill because you set goals and you tell people you're going to do it. It thrills you, but as a teenager, an 18-year-old boy... I'd never had a dream to come true, so this Olympic picture was more. It meant so much more. And then you go on to beat Joe Frazier and become yeah, world champion. champion of the world. What was that like? <clears throat> yeah, well, Joe Frazier, you know, I kept hoping, I wasn't fighting for the title, but Joe Frazier was so tough. He wasn't the biggest heavyweight, but he had everyone afraid of him. He had won the title from Buster Mathis, who was a big guy. Mm-hmm. By way about the Buster Mathis, and he beat everyone bigger, so I kept hoping something bad would happen to Joe Frazier so I wouldn't have to fight him. <laughs> but uh, it would have it, uh, things would have it that uh, my first title match would be against Joe Frazier. I knocked him down six times. 
three of those times, I just knocked him down because I was afraid when he got up, he was going to beat me up. Wow. But after six times, uh, they stopped the fight and declared me the heavyweight champion of the world for the first time. I'll never forget that moment. I was happy. Then I had a paycheck for it, of all things. There is a certain element of fear that fighters feel when they're going up into the ring? Yeah, I think that I was the best against Joe Frazier because he was the one I feared most as a heavyweight fighter in the ring. I feared Joe Frazier, so he brought out the best. A lot of the times I'd get into the ring and I was so confident, I believed I could knock anyone out at any time. And that starts to work against you because boxing is the art of self-defense. So a lot of it is also psychological then? Well, but you want to make certain that you don't, you know, you want to stay within the sport. The art of self-defense, if you're defending yourself, you'll do a lot better than someone who's on the offensive because you fall into traps of defense. Uh, guys who are really, who have to be more skillful. And so, uh, I don't know if it's psychological or not, but I know one thing, it's best to have a little fear so you can do the things you've trained to do. There are fighters out there who claim that they don't have any fear when they go into the ring. Is, is, do you think that's true, or, or is that just maybe them trying the to portray who, an image? The ones who win, they win because of that fear. Wow. The true good winners, they have a, a lot of fear, and they win. Once you vacate your fear, you generally vacate your skills, too. And then you went on to fight Muhammad Ali. You were 40 and no at that point, and you, and you lost. Me. I knocked everybody out, even beating all the people that Muhammad Ali had lost to. So this was going to be an easy fight, I thought, in fighting Muhammad Ali. But for the first time, I got in the ring. I was confident. And if there's ever such a thing as overconfident, I had it. Wow. I attacked. I attacked. I kept attacking. And uh, before you know it, the, they come up with the rope dope. I beat, he laid on the rope, and I like a dope. <laughs> on everything I had at it, and I lost. That was the most devastating moment in my life as a boxer. And you were 40 and no. I mean, at that point, you seemed unbeatable. And you know what? I was unbeatable, but I had this thing going for me with Joe Frazier. I got into the ring. I was afraid of Joe Frazier. And he came after me and ran into those bums that I threw. <laughs> Muhammad Ali, all he had to do was sit there and wait. Here I would be. Here I would be. I was a sitting duck. Wow. A on the ground, they call it. You said it, it was devastating to lose. H- how do you come back from... How do you pep yourself to come back from a loss? Well, and the thing about it, I lost, but then I knew I had so many things working against me, and that was not the I got tired. I literally just got tired. After three or four rounds, I was breathing hard. But I had a lot of excuses. He hit me with a good right hand that he never would have been able to get me get me with. If only I had taken my time and used my defensive skill. Everything was like, go get him, go get him. Even my corner told me, get him. And I was in the ring against one of the greatest athletes of all time, greatest boxer for certain. Sure. And they didn't even give me a chance to respect him. You got to have a little respect with someone like Muhammad Ali. I lost respect and lost the title. We can learn a lot from that. It seems like boxing mimics life. It's and just the way it is. I like the way you put it. <laughs> you just can't be overconfident. Every time you open your door, even leaving out of your home, you should look left and right. 
Because Every time it, you get in your car, you should make sure you adjust the rear view mirrors, side view mirrors, and put on your seatbelt. Life, you're right, it's about pre preparation. Preparation for defense. And I didn't have that, and I lost the title. And I guess all those experiences that you went through, uh, what you took from it and learned from it, you applied it later on in life because you've accomplished so much. You were an Olympic gold medalist, two-time world champion, the oldest heavyweight champion in the history of boxing. You're an ordained minister, an author, an entrepreneur. All these things that you've accomplished, it's amazing. Some people accomplish maybe one of those things on your list, and you've done them all. And the good thing about them, I prepared myself, and they happened by chance. And I know that most of everything that I've accomplished truly were blessings. And uh, if I ever say to myself again, like I did to with Muhammad Ali, I did it. <laughs> I can beat you. I can. That's a time to fail. But my whole life now, I, since that fight with Ali, I realize it's been a we did it. We did it. People who had a little compassion in my life, there were people who had ideas about the grill. George, you think you should do this? Let's get together, let's try this. And it was all about us. Nothing was done. I didn't do anything. It was about we. Great words of wisdom that I think people can apply in their own lives, which I guess kind of brings me to my next question of, of all these things you've accomplished. How would you like the history books to remember you? Right, because um, so many times we read about boxers who, once they're done uh, and their their boxing careers are over, they have a tough time making ends meet, and right. maybe they. You were very young and all these things that you've accomplished did you ever think in your wildest dreams that you would have done all these amazing things
that I appear on television and even have my own television show. I didn't even have an idea that I'd be married with children. All those things that happened to me is just just a wonderful life story. That's all there is to it. So would you say, is there such a thing as like a key to success? Or is it part of it luck I, I, or being at the right place? success, they say, is work as hard as you can. Work as hard as you can. And those of us who work as hard as we can, we put ourselves in the, in, in the pathway of success. It'll attack you. All of a sudden, you look out, look out the door, and you're just somewhere you never thought you would be. And I never was the best boxer in the world, but I was the hardest working athlete I'd ever known. And when you work hard, you can beat the best. Great words of wisdom that a lot of people can take with them and apply them in, in their own lives. One thing that I feel that boxing has not been the same, at least watching the sport of boxing, has not been the same since you stopped commentating. Do you? Uh, <laughs> I, had, I had so many years and so much fun at HBO, but it had gotten to be a job. I'd worked there for 13 years. Wow. And I'd only, I'd only said I would do it uh, for three years just to <laughs> help my career so the people wouldn't forget me as I continuously was striving for the championship of the world. But I kept signing another three years, another three years. And I looked up 13 years and I had a job. And I said, that's the reason I went to boxing so I wouldn't have to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh-huh. I love boxing and I miss it. HBO, but it was a great experience for me. Do you miss calling the fights? I do. I miss calling the fight, but it's a job because you got to be ready. And 12 of those 13 years, I was not, I could not tell my kids, I will see you on Friday and Saturdays because those fights would come up. Sure. And I'd have to put my life on ice. And some of these kids were playing football on undefeated teams, and I never saw them play at all. All because, you know, I had this obligation to uh, HBO. Well, I, I can. Yeah, but now that they've all graduated, uh, maybe I'll go back and tell them to hire me again. I can tell you honestly that they brought people on, but you left some really big shoes to fill, and nothing like the times when you were there calling the fights. It made boxing that much more fun to watch when yeah, when we box, had. Boxing is great, but it's, it's, it'll always be about the boxing matches themselves. If you go out and get a good match maker to put together a good fight, it really doesn't matter who's talking because all folks want us to do is shut up so we can take a good fight <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> and I saw some good fights. I mean, I, when I was doing the commentating, uh, I saw some mighty good fights in Pernell Whitaker career. What was the most memorable fight you, or one of your most favorite fights? While you were I was there when, uh, when Roy Jones Jr. became the heavyweight champion of the world. He had moved up from uh, middleweights and all the way to light heavyweights, and he actually became the heavyweight champion of the world. And mm. I was there ringside commentating. Wow. Oh, what a thrill. I'll never forget that one. I have to ask, because you mentioned before about making good matches. And I know it's all speculation, but how badly would you say that boxing needs a matchup between Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao? Oh, I think at one time it was the most important fight in the whole uh, boxing conversation. It would have been one of the greatest fights of all boxing at one time. Not anymore. Uh, they, they played along with us, and while they said they were making the matches, and everybody bought the, the, the side matches they fought on the side, and we knew they wouldn't be the best opponents. We bought and played for it, and 
I think it's, it's no longer a great attraction. It could have been. Right. I'd like to see the fight, but not as much as I would have when Mayweather first came back and said, I'm going to fight Pacquiao. Who do you think would have won if it had taken place? Oh, uh, well, no. When uh, Mayweather first came back, Pacquiao would have beat him. Pacquiao would have beat him. But Mayweather got his timing and rhythm and confidence back. And uh, you wouldn't be able to say that now. I mean, he's probably one of the best fighters of all time now. He's a defensive fighter. He always looked at himself as a defensive fighter. That's why he would probably be the best of all time. Yeah, you touched on that before about when you're on the defense. Um, you're on the defense, and he knew he knew he'd have to defend himself. And a lot of times, and I think the guy who gave him the best fight was a fellow from England, and I can't remember his name right now. He whipped Mayweather pretty good, but he kept chasing him around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, Mayweather knocked him out only because the guy had deserted his defense and uh, aimlessly charged at Mayweather. Mayweather knocked him out. And I can't think of his name. Uh, Hatton. That's right. That Hatton. Hatton. And Hatton really put it on him. He was the best fighter. And if that fight had gone on the distance, the judges were going to have to make a decision if it had continued in that fashion. He hadn't would have won that fight by a, little, a slight decision. Now, um, but, but Mayweather was on defense and he got him. That's why he was so happy when he won the fight. Floyd Mayweather uh, is fighting Miguel Cotto on May 5th. Many boxing writers believe that Miguel Cotto has zero chance against Floyd and that Cotto was handpicked because he's simply not the same fighter before that massive beating he took from Antonio Margarito. Do you think Miguel Cotto has a real chance against Floyd? Uh, you know, Cotto, he's, he's developed his boxing style now. I used to always do when I would commentate his fights, I said, this guy is always making a fight out of a match he could easily win by boxing. Hmm. If he just dedicates himself to boxing, go out there and land more jabs, right hands, counter, don't get overwhelmed because the guy is backing up against the rope, jab, win those weight backs against the rope, jab, 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 and pile up those points. He could win that fight. Cotto can win that fight on points if he just doesn't get carried away with trying to knock Mayweather out. Right, which I think he might try. Uh, yeah, he- and you don't want to do that because the, the, the defensive fighter has the, uh, uh, the upper hand in. Yes. Go out there and win one round, win two rounds. Mayweather always concede the first to the third round. You can always beat him for three rounds. I know you have to run. You said you only had a, a couple of minutes. Right. Is there anything that uh, you would like for us to check out? I know your website, www.biggeorge.com. You have a lot of great products on there. You have a, a green cleaning product, which seems really cool. And I- Yeah, you know, you try your best to make certain that you just don't leave out of this life with people saying, I made money. You want to make a contribution. But the George Foreman Knockout Cleaning Supplies, it was green and it's clean and it's something that you can make certain that the earth is going to be good when you leave it for your children and grandkids. And I'm awful proud of that product. But I'm doing other things, too. The most important thing is for people uh, to continue watching boxing and see the, the best fighters develop. And I think there are some after the Olympics you're going to see some great fights. Definitely looking forward to that. Uh, Mr. George Foreman, once again, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. I want to remind everyone, please check out 
the website www.biggeorge.com and then also you're on Twitter uh, your fans and followers can reach out to you on Twitter and, and follow you there you're at twitter.com slash George Foreman Mr. Foreman thank you so much it has been an honor to have you here thanks back at you and God bless Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with George Foreman. We have lots more of cool guests coming up on future shows. So please definitely stay tuned for those. And if you enjoyed this show, tell your friends about it. Tell them to join Spreaker.com and give us a follow. You can also follow me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Robert Aguilar. Thank you very much once again and hope to catch you on future shows. Take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.